This is Stephanie March. I am the senior food editor, whatever, of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. I'm here with Ms. Molly Herman this morning. Good morning. From Kitchen in the Market and all things. All the things. All the things. Just, You're the whatever and I'm all the things. I'm the whatever. We're, we're a great pair. I know. It works out like that. Um, thanks for being here on this soggy Saturday. Thanks for having me. It's kind I of finally a, made it here. It's kind of a gray day out there. I mean, I, I always like to start with the weather report, I guess, because that informs yes. my eating completely and utterly. <laughs> As it should. It always does. I realized that this week was like, well, it's totally not. I ate because it was we had that weird cold spell in the middle of the it week. It felt like fall. I ate hot dish for lunch. I saw, I, was that on, <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram. Where were you when I you did that? I was at this first draft, which is that um, tap wall restaurant in North Loop that just opened. Okay, right, right, So right. it's all self-serve or counter service kind of thing. Cute little place, um, you know, and if that's your gig for beer and stuff, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, how was the hot dish? Uh, it was really good. <laughs> it was just it what you wanted. It wasn't actually hot dish, though. You know what I mean? In that way that it's like they obviously made it I mean, it wasn't like a dish of hot dish that has been it was cooked and then sitting in there. honor of it was sort of a th- you know it was it was definitely noodles, creamy wild rice. It was more like soup with pasta, so which was fine. For you. Which was what? Do you guys ever call it casserole? Never, okay. never. I was just wondering if there was ever an never. instance. Clearly, I'm not from here. Never. If there was ever an instance where it was called a casserole, versus casserole a is hot the dish. dish. Casserole is the name <laughs> of the dish. <laughs> The actual Maybe Pyrex here, thing but is called a casserole. In other parts of the country, we call no, it they casserole. they all call it. I know. Everyone calls it casserole everywhere else. And actually, you know, I mean, in in pop culture, in other writings, things people call them casseroles. And so... Indeed. We so, know. So who's wrong here? But just, hmm. I would never ever hmm. say like hot dish. I, I like, would never like look at something and be like, oh, that's not hot dish. I like that you guys call it hot dish. Yeah. Makes us special. That's what I, we like to duck, tell duck, ourselves. <laughs> So Miles, you don't special. want to set up on that today. I don't. No, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. like the I'm, lines you're starting to draw here. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I appreciate the the quirkiness. Oh, I How's tell that? you what. Well, this is a day that I put out on the Facebooks, you guys. The question of the day is because it is a rainy, humid day. Maybe a day that you're inside. Maybe you're not getting outside as much as you want. Even though there are like 700 festival block party things oh, happening. But the poor festivals today, because it's going to rain all day. I know, it's going to rain uh, tomorrow too, I think. So we're a little bit worried about that. But if you are inside, I'm wondering what you're cooking. Um, I'm wondering what's on the docket, because it's not something where you're going to do a long braise or stew or anything. It's not like fall rain, it's summer rain, which still is a little humid and yeah. just gets touchy. But you still sort of nest in it. A, a little, little bit. bit, I think. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I feel trapped, so I still need my windows open. So I need to have like, but then I'm not going to, do two. I'm baking zucchini bread today. Oh, that's a good idea. Because I need to send some for a friend. You know, so. on that cool day, I actually made ramen. Did you home. really at home? And so, but instead of a slow braise with the meats, I made a quick like lemongrass meatball. Oh, that's a good idea. And so it, the oven wasn't on a lot. And yeah. So it didn't get too hot, but it was nice and comforting. Have you ever grilled and, meatballs? I have never grilled meatballs. You can. I believe you. Yeah, I know. I just never have. It's funny. I remembered I did it for a story a long time ago and I haven't really done it again. But Can it's I a ask good why? Just to see, just to keep, and keep just it to, outside, what else? Yeah, what else can you grill? Kind of a thing. Yeah. And it was they worked, and they were actually really good. Well, and you know, if you 
They're pop, big enough. They have on, to be big enough too. If you pop them on a skewer, you know that that shish kebab, like we've all done yeah. that, or kofta, or you know, yeah, a variation of grilling a meatball. We've yeah. done that. Yeah. No, these were just oh. meatballs on the grill. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> plop them on, roll them around. <laughs> I mean, that's how that went. What could go wrong? I know. It was great. Okay. Um, okay. So we have a great show for you today, you guys. We have a lot of we have some state fair discussions to have. Uh, the new beers list came out. We're gonna have John Garland from the Growler coming in and sort of. Uh, we're gonna workshop this it situation. Is and oh, state we're fair under is twenty days, people. The corner. Yeah, we are under twenty days, which is also I'm gonna freak you out about the uh, blue ribbon situation. And we're going to get ready for that. We're going to talk with Lori Kroll. She's at the farmer's market. She's going to call in and we're going to talk about what's at the market. Super fun. We might also talk about pickling because we can't seem to stop talking <laughs> about pickling. This may be my fault. Um, and then we've got some Chicago stuff coming up. So let's first get back to you had a good burger at the Bungalow Club. Let's talk about that. I did. So uh, if you haven't gone to the Bungalow Club, I know you have, but I have. listeners, uh, please go because they are doing some great work over there. And I... Michael and I went after class. And the Bungalow Club is in Longfellow. It's the old Craftsman. Old Craftsman on Lake Street. Mm -hmm. And uh, the burger was really, really good. It's it's messy. But he has this slaw that he puts on. And on the menu, it's called freezer slaw. I'd never heard of freezer slaw. Michael had never heard of freezer slaw. We asked the bartender where we were sitting. Yeah. He's, he didn't know how to describe it. Wow. So finally we got somebody that Andrew came over and it was like something that his grandmother did. Yeah. Have you heard of nope. freezer slaw? Never. So, and it was, it was like a sweet and sour cabbage. Like it was a red cabbage and they put it in the freezer to break it down. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. I'd never heard of that. Yeah. And so that's what's on top of the burger and it is delicious. Oh, I like this idea. Yeah. You need to go and try it. I, I tried the burger, but I didn't. We had a, when I went, I went with a human who was gluten free. And so we had the bun taken off. Right. And so it got a little deconstructed and it caught a little. Yeah. So I yep, made yep. a commitment note in my head. I need to go back for that. <clears throat> I taste, I took um, a couple of bites with the bun before Did I you? went sans bun for my own gluten free needs. I know. I know. But I tasted the bun and the bun does make it. I did hear that there is, um, he did say that he was working on or thinking about bringing in a gluten free bun or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't Andrew know. Craft, if you are. I don't know. That, I shouldn't. I should that, so maybe <laughs> don't say that on the air because now people will call and ask. Uh, so that's good. We both love the Bungalow Club also has really spectacular fresh pasta, you guys. And you yes. don't have to get a huge bowl of it. You just get a lovely little taste. They had a tortellini when I was there that mm-hmm. had a chorizo and it was in a corn broth with roasted corn. It was the essence of summer. And it was just those firm little beautiful fresh pasta bites, you know, that sort yep. of give a little bit back. Oh, I love that. Pasta's good. Their little smorgasbord thing that they do. Yeah. With the little bites of everything. Yeah. With the cheese and the, they're making their own sausages, I believe. Yep. And uh, that's delicious too. Yeah. So, I, so yeah. A lot of good things. club. It's always a good Lots choice. Lots of good things. Um, so I grabbed a little bottle of something yesterday. I went over to France 44, which I love. I just want to put back up. And we're going to mm-hmm. have Ben Roberts back on um, talking about some cheeses as soon as we get into cooler weather. But. Those cats over there are so great. And just to up them for their sausages, by the way, in the Mm. cheese shop. Mm -hmm. Holy cats. They have some of the greatest sausages and they have pre-marinated short ribs for you. Oh, yeah. They've got a whole lot of grab and go stuff and And stuff that you can. It's a butchery at home. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically, this is what we did last night. Jake and I, from when we were at uh, Cook St. Paul, like digged way hard on the short ribs, the Korean short ribs that Eddie Wu made us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we should make some short ribs. Why don't we ever cook short ribs? I don't know why we don't. Especially now that you have an Instapot. You can do them so fast. No, 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 no. But seriously, did them on the grill. Like they were pre-marinated. So we bought them. They'd already 
they don't even, but because I want that crispiness. This is what yep. I want. And that's what the Korean, you know, prep gives you that hoisiny sort mm-hmm. of. With the sugar. And yeah. It and it gets that little thing. Well, these guys were pre-marinated and all sorts of good stuff. But I just slapped them on the grill and literally we just stood there and watched them cook. And then it was like a <laughs> flip, like two minutes on each side because they're okay. so thin. They were delicious. Beautiful. So that was the Korean cut too. Yes. It was the gotcha. It was the it super thin the cut. American cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not the big thickers. Yeah. But so that was like so fast yes. and it was so delicious and got a re- and I did it on super high heat. So it was a mm-hmm. really awesome char on both sides. Mm-hmm. I just am thinking about going back and getting more because I think you should. I think they were so good. But my point is I was at um I was there because of the Nika coffee gin. <laughs> so tell us about this Nika coffee gin. So you guys all know that like Nika, no, you guys don't all know, but Nika <laughs> is one of the best, the top two uh, Japanese whiskey makers. And the thing about Japanese whiskey makers is, you know, they are perfectionists to an nth degree. And the whole reason why Japanese whiskey is a thing is because they have taken the years to sort of create something that is ethereal and beautiful and they they get whiskey better than anybody on the planet. And they're mind. patient. They're patient and they love to take something and perfect it and then put their own spin on it, which is just the most beautiful thing. That's why you go to their pizza places and they're amazing too. <laughs> like this is just what they do. Um, and so I noticed, I'd heard that they had, Nika had been messing around with a gin. They've been strictly whiskey for a long time. In fact, uh, Nika was founded by uh, Masahiro Takatsuru, who is the actual the guy who brought whiskey to Japan. You know, he lived in um, Scotland and married a Scottish woman and then brought it back to Japan, the technologies. So, steeped in history is what you're saying. Totally. Like, for them to do gin kind of freaked me out a little bit. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, wait a minute. Like, record scratch. But, so, it sells out, like, super fast. Okay. So, I happened to see that France 44 had it in stock and it's there. And here's the deal with Japanese whiskeys. If you've ever known, you can't buy them for, I mean, like finding a Japanese whiskey under, I mean, 80 bucks is like a gem. Okay. So I was kind of prepared. I was wondering, but of yep. course it's, it was only like $34 oh, because it's question, yeah. new and it had the, you know, it's not on demand as much. Sure. Anyway, lovely floral, but piney in the right ways, completely light, but also has more flavor and sort of guts than you would think. Okay, so coffee. So the coffee is the type of still. It okay. has nothing to do with actually coffee. And is it, I mean, is it spelled the same way? C-O-F-F-E-Y. E-Y. Yes. Okay. So, so it's Nika not coffee to, not gin. Not for people to be thinking that they're buying gin flavored or coffee flavored gin. I'm sure they think it maybe. <laughs> but it, actually on the back it says it talks about the coffee still, which is okay. the type of still, which is a long, tall still that they mm-hmm. use in distilling that has got special properties, which is why the coffee, Nika coffee whiskey is got, you know, it doesn't have any coffee flavor either. It's the still and it is tastes more like bourbon than it does the scotch, which is normally what it tastes like, gotcha. what Japanese whiskey tastes like. But anyway, this Nika coffee gin is a beautiful bottle, just a lovely green label. Um, and it's a really lovely gin for, to me, it's, I just drank it on the rocks. You know, I took a big hunk of ice and then I actually broke some <laughs> tomatoes into it. I saw that. That you was did a really that? yeah. I just like smashed some tomatoes right into it, and that just seemed like a great idea. And it was kind of a perfect sipper for the afternoon. Fun. Yeah, but I would also put tonic with it, and I would totally squeeze lemons or limes in it as mm-hmm. well. So, but it's a great. It's a nice. It's a nice little addition to your liquor cabinet if you want. Is that friends forty four. All right, gang. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about state fair baking because the deadline is coming up. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk one zero seven one. We are. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Molly Herman Good today. Uh, Guten Morgen, and we are uh, we are 19 days out from the state fair. Yeah, she did some calculations off air. I and mean, that's a little freaky. It is a little freaky for those of us who are then now committing to being there every single day. Are you? Um, pretty much. <laughs> pretty we'll much talk during the break. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of uh, yeah. I'm going to be there, but you know what? I love it, and I am going to have a lot of fun this year. I'm just we have we have some fun stuff coming up. I'm not going to tip it yet. Uh, but there are some fun things planned for the state fair this year. So excellent! We have our annual kitchen in the market day that we plan, where we t- just shut down the kitchen and take the staff and we yeah. try all the new foods. Yeah, when are you going to do that? Well, we usually do it like the second day the fair is open. Yeah, the Friday. And one of our gals is working a summer job, so we're waiting, and so we're not going till the 29th. Okay, so we'll have all the good and bad will have been fettered out, I guess. By the yeah, time we right. Get there. Wow. Okay. I know we're going late this year, but that's good. But then fun. you'll have everybody's intel, and you can decide. You can prioritize. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good thing. That's literally why we do, you know, the first day onslaught. Oh yeah, of, we, look, we, like, we definitely look at, at what you guys there's say. Things you probably yeah. are not going to want to. Yeah, touch. it's not. Worth I'm it. just a little worried. Uh, I have to say though that there is something that is coming up very soon, very very quickly. And that is the comp- competition deadline. Now, what I'm talking about, you guys, is if you have any desires to throw in and compete for a blue ribbon, you must register by Tuesday, August 7th by 4.30 p.m. Entries closed for all divisions. All divisions. It's not just baking. No. Just all divisions. All divisions. Yeah. You might want to craft. You might want to throw down Pickles. a quilt. You what? Which Pickles. One? Yeah. You might, yeah, it's, it's baking, it's pickles, it's the creative activities building. Um, and all entries must be done by Tuesday, August 7th at 4.30 p.m., no exceptions. Um, you can do it online, just so you know, but just be sure that, you know, it has to be, uh, it has to be done. Yeah, if you're mailing it in, I would say get it done now. That scares me if you're mailing things in. Do people mail things like that in anymore? I don't know. I, well, let's see. Let's look at some of the people who have been entering okay, the creative activities things. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. And I have said this years past, and Weekly Dishers know this, that I am a, I really want Weekly Dishers to win. Like, I feel like we are probably one of the best little communities, you know, of home cooks. and, and Agreed. I'm, and we have a, a recipe compendium like nobody else. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys, Weekly Dishers, you should enter. I'm thinking about entering the zucchini bread that I make today. I mean, I'm just going to mess around with my recipe as I'm making it, thinking about whether or not I might put, enter okay. that into a category. Well, good have luck you, to you. Have you ever thought about it? No. Why not? You make things. You I make know, great things. I know, but as... You a, don't bake, but you don't have to bake. But as a professional cook, I it, it's just something that I guess I don't want to do. Because you're know. scared. <laughs> Is that what it is? You see fear in my eyes. I was what thinking, if somebody I was like I don't know, like, <laughs> Al- Sally Apple Valley beats your pickles? Does that mean like what if she gets blue ribbon and you're like anyway I got third place? I didn't realize I was so scared. Yeah. No, uh, I think it's more like I don't want to spend my downtime doing that because I work on it all the time. But that's, that's true. It's, but that's me. It's no, not, it's it's not my true. hobby. Right? It's why I don't read food novels right. because <laughs> right. I don't it's have time. Break. I need a break. But I do think there's some interesting things, you know, that you guys could, I mean, you, there's a, like, there's some fun things that I feel like there's also money, by the way, she might talk me into this. I think I might, because I always thought it had to be for amateur cooks. You're not necessarily a professional. You are, but you're not, um, you're, I think there's a, there's a something about you who don't own a, 
That's what I mean. There's a de- there's oh, a designation. Maybe. I thought it had to be amateurs. I think so, but oh, I should look at those rules because I think that. But I mean, like things like pickling. It's not like you. I think there's certain things you can do. If you're not a baker, you could enter baking. Maybe. Well, we'll we'll look at the rules and get back to everybody. Oh, All entries must be produced by the exhibitor. Except entries cannot be made in the same class or classes. More family. Um. I don't know. It just kind of says it says, oh, here's it. An exhibitor having received first premium at three successive Minnesota State Fairs will not be permitted to compete in the class. But honestly, there's no other things here. That's I'm just looking at the judge. The judge says that it. No. Eligibility is just that's your eligibility. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Stop trying to talk me into this. I really kind of want you to. I just think it would be fun. So here's the deal. Obviously, there's lots of baked products and like the breads. You remember you look at the cases and you're like, wow, oh, yeah. that's just a lot of like bread, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like dinner rolls and there's, you know, you can enter your bread, whole grains, bread, rye, bread, sourdough. Those are all different categories you can enter. Um, there's obviously sweet dough, yeasted things. Um, the Red Star yeast is an award given to a yeasted bread. Uh, there's muffins, there's bunt cake, there's scones, there's coffee cake, vegetable bread. This is where I'm talking. I'm <laughs> thinking lane. I'm thinking either a pumpkin bread or a zucchini bread. What if I did a zucchini pumpkin bread? I what if thinking, I mix my I veg? I was thinking, what if you did a zucchini tomato bread? Oh. Because tomatoes, fruit. Is a fruit. And can be made sweet. And it would be so unexpected. That I would is go zucchini interesting. tomato bread. Okay, zucchini tomato bread, right? And that one is just saying it's just a whole loaf, pan size, no smaller than yada yada. No icing, baked on toppings only. Label the flavor. That's interesting. Okay, mm. all right. Um, Need there's, to seed it though. There's an angel food category. There's here's one thing you probably could do also very easily. It's <laughs> I'm a, not able to do very many things. No, She's just picking no, certain things. I'm just trying me. to help you out. I'm trying to like bring you in. Beer bread. Um, you can. You, it's just a recipe card roundup. You just submit your recipe. You don't actually have to bake anything. What do you think of that? I'll pass. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, the beer, I might do that one too because I do love a good beer bread. Okay, cupcakes, uh, cakes, uh, cookies and bars. I think this is a huge section. Bars. Cookies and bars. And you can, you can do all sorts. Bars layered, bars, cake type, brownies. Brownies are not bars in this category. In this category. Let's be clear. I think it's brownies all of Minnesota knows it. Yes, it is. Their own category. Brownies are not I, bars. I agree with that. Yeah. Brownies, plain. I might, there's a brownies, plain, no frosting, chocolate brownies with nuts, chips, and or frosting. I'm wondering about this. What if I submitted my bourbon brownies? There's nothing that says you can't put booze in your No, well, dish. They, have, they have beer bread, so... But that was just a recipe for beer bread. Oh. Also, in my brownies, the booze is not baked off, you guys. It's not. No, it's like most things, if you're putting booze into a baked item, it's baked off. Mine is layered and doused and soaked in, so... Maybe you're giving too much away on air. If you're if you're really wanting to win this competition, I'm just saying. Are you allowed to enter? You're like I a food know. maven. I'm I don't probably know if you're not. I'm probably going to gonna enter and put Jake's name on everything. <laughs> <laughs> because that would be <laughs> take a picture of him with a mixing bowl just to show that there was something going on. I mean, pies. Just to be clear, uh, and there's you know there's there's do they have fruit pies and cre- like do they have different designations? There's an for the apple pies? category. There's a creative apple category. There is a peach category and then there's sweepstake pies which are pies that are um the peterson memorial award which is uh someone uh, to make homemade pie crust with fresh fillings 
So that's that one. There's the American Pie Council Award of Lifetime Membership to <laughs> and the cookbook, America's Best Pies, to the winner of their sweepstakes pies. So that just means like, I think that means that they like take all the pies and then somebody wins from those categories. Okay. There's ethnic baking where there's like ethnic baking cake. I don't know what that means, actually, when you think about that. That one gets a little bit. I mean, are there ethnic breads like, you know, can somebody submit in yeah, yeah. and French, Italian, challah, naan? That's interesting. OK. An ethnic bread. Um, there's and then there's gluten free baking. Oh, well, look, look at that. There. Look at there. Gluten free pie, gluten free cookies, gluten free quick breads. I like this idea. I'll tell State you. Fair, I'd love to be a judge for the gluten-free baking. I know. Just FYI. Um, there's a special contest for a vegan main dish. The vegan thing is hot. I'm telling you. It is hot. We are being... Uh, there's a lot of people who are talking about how Minnesota has become a hotbed for vegan food production. Is it because we went so far the other way with meat? Now we're, like, reversing? I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's interesting. There's also... So just to wrap this up, because we, we I can do this for hours. <laughs> you just read I really could. category. Family heirloom <laughs> recipe competition. Think about that. There's a 50%... That's a fun one for I know. State Fair. I think that's a great one. And yeah. they have a judging criteria. 50% history. 40% prepared recipe. 10% appearance and display. Ooh. So that's kind of interesting. Think about that one. Here's the one that I think that Jake's going to win. Ready? <laughs> Jake is doing all the work now. The Great American Spam Championship. Okay. And they have a kids category. And so I think that he has a specific thing that he makes when he gets spam. And I'm not going to say it because that's the one I literally yep. think he could win. And um, grand prize is a trip for two to the Waikiki Spam Jam in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> is this why you want him to, to win? Uh, yeah. And there's also a $2,000 cash prize. What is that? Okay, Jake. Good I'm luck. Just, I'm telling you right now, he's going to win this one. Okay, so Remind that's... me later to tell you what my mom used to do with spam in college. Oh, okay. We're going to do that. Um, you guys, the creativity... The creativity... Acti- Why can't I say it? The creative activities... You're so excited. Uh, book PDF is on the Minnesota State Fair website. You should look through it. You should enter. I, I've, I want to dish her to win, you guys. I just want it to happen. I want some blue ribbons. And then I want to reports from everybody about their blue ribbons. So I'm going to put up the... Uh, I'm going to put a link to that on the, sh- on the uh, website or on the Facebook page also going to share a video that I did with some of the judges from the Ghirardelli baking contest mm. in 2012 because it, they talk a little bit about how they judge and why they judge. And I think that has got some good intel into that. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have Ms. Laurie Crow from Golden Fig on the line reporting straight from the St. Paul Farmer's Market. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning on My Talk 107.1. We are being joined by Ms. Lori Kroll. Are you there, Lori? Lori, hellos. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm super good. Good, are you reporting directly live from the St. Paul Farmer's Market? Live from the lovely St. Paul Farmer's Market. How's it going out there? It is busy. There's so much good stuff here. I often feel like when it's canning and pickling season, everyone that does those things should just get two weeks of vacation so they oh. can just can <laughs> and pickle at will for two weeks. <laughs> God, that it, is call it pickle days. Pickle days. I think that pickle is completely days. right on. I do. Now, of course, Lori is the proprietor and uh, the master of the Golden Fig in St. Paul, right yep, on Grand, Grand Avenue. Avenue. And I wanted to have her on you guys because I know we've been talking a lot about pickling. And then Lori and I started talking about pickling. But the idea that she has been doing pickling spices as something to give out, you know, to sell forever. I mm-hmm. mean, my God, when did you start Golden Fig Doll? Well, I've been making all the spice blends and selling at the farmer's market for 22 years. Right. 
My God. Good I on started you. it when I was two years old, you guys. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. I know. But, but yes, guys, I've been doing it a long time. And you, but you were doing it before you even had a shop. Because yours actually, your pickling spices were some of the first ones I ever bought, I feel like. Yes. So the store I opened 13 years ago, and that was really after being at the farmer's market and seeing there wasn't really a place outside of market time, like in the winter months, that a lot of people had a venue for their products. So that was one of the reasons I really wanted to open the shop. And have you been at the farmer's market this whole time as well? Yeah. So actually, I started at the Minneapolis market one year and then got invited to do St. Paul, and I fell in love with it so much, I never left, and I've been at this market for 21 years now. <laughs> wow. And so, Lori, this this is Molly from Kitchen of the Market. Hi. Uh, hey. So, you have been at the St. Paul Farmer's Market, and that's the only market you've been at? It's the only market okay. I do, and I'll say I know that there are now more markets that are similar to this, but with the St. Paul Market, I love that 100% of what is sold here is actually grown within 75 miles of the marketplace or made within 75 miles. So it's all truly local. Yeah. Yep. It's not, you're not finding bananas. You're not going to find grapefruit and all that kind of stuff. So what are some of the favorite things you're seeing right now at the farmer's market? Oh my gosh, there are so many good things and I have no self-control. I just made pickles last week. And when I walked through market this morning, there was one guy that had the little bitty baby cornichon size, and of course I bought him. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I bought him. I mean, there's everything, though. Tomatoes, the canning tomatoes are here, and that's one of the easiest things in the world to can is just the tomatoes. Tell us about, um, can you give us a quick tips on how to, what makes it so easy? It's just so easy. You just have to drop the tomato in boiling water for a second, and that helps you split the skin and peel it, and you pack them in the jar, and you add a little vinegar, put the lid on and you stick it in your canner. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's as simple as can be. You do make it sound very simple. I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And then it's just it's like very simple. I think people are afraid of it because they haven't tried it, but it's really, it's so simple. And even like refrigerator pickles yes. are so simple. Like you can chop them up, pour in the vinegar and the sugar and stick them in your fridge and they're good for a couple of months. Like everybody can do that. And I do the refrigerated pickles a lot. I do pickled onions in the refrigerator. Right. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. We were just, that is sort of the big thing we've been talking about is a lot of the quick pickling. Um, Is there, we had a discussion about whether or not you need to have sugar in your quick pickle mix because people are saying, I don't want a sweet pickle. And then my whole point is you need a little bit of sugar to give a tang. It doesn't have to be sweet though. What is your, what's your feeling on that, Lori? Well, I've done them both ways. I actually just recently did kind of a mixed pickle with the little young carrots, like whole and snap peas and spears of cucumber and then just heated up a brine with just vinegar and water and spices and poured it in there and didn't have any sugar. And they're quite tart, but it was delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, I think I love so, that. I mean, it's definitely to taste. I, too, like a little sweet, but you can do it without if you want. Yeah. I've been doing it without, mostly, and then I've just been adding. In fact, I did a little bit of honey, and that kind of gave a nice little bit of, like, tang to it that kind of yeah, rounded nice. out the vinegar bite, but it mm-hmm. didn't make it into, because Lord sweet. knows, a sweet pickle to me is just... That's right. You don't it's, like sweet pickles. I just don't. I just, I feel like it's an aberration. I do use sugar <laughs> in my pickles, but I think, I feel like I use less than what most people do. Yeah. Like less I, than the norm, because I've seen some recipes where it's a lot. Yes. Yeah. You know, we actually have a pickle at the store from Colorado that is a sweeter one, but it's not super sweet, and it's a jalapeno honey. Oh, and see, oh, that sounds combo, lovely. Right? That heat with that honey makes it less sweet, too. Yeah. I could be down with that. I did buy some. Right? There's a lot of those little those little Thai chilies at the market right now. Mm-hmm. And I yes. bought some of those with the idea that I was going to put those 
into a pickle situation and then maybe when like do like a quick pickle on those and then grind them up for hot sauce. Oh, I think that sounds great. Well, and who is, is it Isabel Street Heat that uses their their peppers to make the sriracha and then when they strain out those pepper flakes that they've used, they lay them out and dry them and then use those. Oh, that sounds good. You can use so many components. So yeah, if you put it in the pickle and then when the pickles are gone, use that in a relish or in some kind of a sauce, it would be awesome. Or even infuse the honey with that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That That's a really great. good idea. Mm. Um, okay, so Lori, when you're at the farmer's market, do you see things that you've never seen before and like a vegetable that has, you're kind of flummoxed by it? Do you ever just buy it and then just try to... I totally do and I just did it this morning and my store manager looked at me when she came down and was like, what in the world is that? (laughs) (laughs) They literally look like little watermelons and they're about the size of a, like a thumbnail. Like they're little and they... Bitter melons? Little... No, they're not. They're called, they're like baby cucumbers. Oh my God. This is what Elizabeth Reese. Yes. Elizabeth Reese is growing these and they're called like, there's the guys in the cocktail world are using them in their cocktails. Well, because it sounds perfect. I could totally see that. Yeah. They're called, uh, dishes are going to kill me because we've talked about this a bunch and I can't remember the name and I never can. Yeah. Elizabeth Reese (laughs) Colin. It's like, they're called like, like Sally's or something like that or Sanya's or something. Hmm. To- how good would they be pickled, right? Like, as I've seen, like, there's Talmadge Farms in Duluth that does amazing hot green tomato pickles. Yes. And, I mean, even that, like, you see green tomatoes down here, and often people think, well, what do I do with that? Well, make it into a pickle. And those little baby cucumbers would be so good pickled and in a martini or a Bloody yeah, Mary. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I don't, God, I can't Yum. remember those. Well, Isn't, it's not the Mexican sour cucumber? It is. It's a, yes. Is it? I don't know if it's sour or not. I don't remember that. But... Yeah, we'll find out. We'll 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 find out and we'll get it to you. What about like big leafy greens? From do you ever feel like you can just buy a bunch of those and then figure it out? Yes, I mean there's always like the big peels and the chards, and I think a lot of times people use those less because they're not sure what to do with them. But they're I think they're also good, just even chopped up in a frittata. I mean, I think we could use more greens in our lives. This is how I literally Jake and I were making corn last night with, to go with our short ribs. And he was like, I don't know. And then we were kind of like, what should we put in the corn? And he was like, I don't know. So let's chop up some shard and get it in there. And I was like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, why not? And I've put shard in our pastas. I've put it in all over the place just to get a little boost, you know? It's delicious. And it adds a great different visual look as well as like just a little crunch to it, right? Yes. And here's the deal. And this is what I want you to confirm. I, I need you to verify for me because... I was saying that a lot of people, they look at some of this stuff that maybe, you know, not from their country or not from their cuisine, and they see these things, and they're they're kind of like, oh, and they get frozen. And what I want to say is talk to the growers and ask them what they use it in. Like, those, the people who are growing their food, your food, and all of this food have the best intel on what to use it for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there are some beautiful different melons. There's like, like, I think you mentioned earlier, the bitter melons. And there was one I saw this morning that was orange and green striped and he was calling it a Turkish eggplant and I was like wow that's fascinating I've never seen that yeah yeah you know those little Thai eggplants those have been popular for a long time they have those little they look yeah. like little round globes and then they have the and they're green and white oh yeah, green and white so strips. pretty you know what those are good for you chop the tops off those and you microwave them for a little bit then you scoop yeah. out a little bit in the middle you stuff them with bacon and um oh, and goat cheese yum. and then you stick those in the oven at 400 and like quick hotness yeah and that gets into some good territory by the way we have confirmation that those little cute watermelon like cucumbers are mexican cucumbers yeah 
Mexican cucumbers. Is there a name for them other than? I'm just finding Mexican cucumber. Okay. Some of it says Mexican sour cucumber. I feel like that's cucumber. what I've looked up before, too. And I think that, yes, now I totally need to go buy more so I can make some pickles. <laughs> yes. So, okay, let's talk about the fact that, oh, they're called, like, the scabras. That's maybe that's what I'm thinking. They're, like, scabra or something. Um, oh, here it is. It's called a sandita. Thank you. Sandita. 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 Yep. So it's a sandita when you see them on people. Cocktail menus, they'll be listed as with sanditas. All right. Now, when people can come to your store, if people are thinking, I would love to join in this pickling parade, but I don't have the stuff. Lori, tell us what you have at the store. I will say, I think a lot of times people don't pickle because, again, they haven't tried it. And it's kind of a commitment to go buy all of these cases of canning jars. And we actually sell the ball canning jars by the each. So you can come in and you can get two cucumbers and you can get a container of vinegar and a pickling spice in a jar. And it's not such a big commitment. Then you can go home and try it once and see what you think of it. <laughs> I think that and is And then a, you'll be hooked. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. like, that's kind of the thing is like, you don't necessarily know if you want to commit to this whole, and you don't, you know, you see those buckets of cucumbers right, and I freak and out. The, the All the right. accoutrements, the, yeah. the jars out and everything. Yeah. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. So just go do one. Yeah. Well, Definitely. Thank- and I think that that's the fun is just getting someone to try it once and they go, I can do that. And then they try more and you've given them this new cool thing to do with their food. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. All right, Lori, we'll get back to the farm stand. Everybody, if you're headed out to the St. Paul Farmer's Market, say hey to Lori and go buy some stuff from her. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good day. We'll see you. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. If you want to give us a call, ask a question, a pickling idea, if you've got some... Just shoot the breeze. Yeah, if you just want to hang out, we're here. It's kind of <laughs> rainy. <laughs> no, you're not outside. You're not outside, probably. Right and if you are, you know, mazel. It's a good day to, you know, kind of... A lot of people... Well, Lori just said that. Lori, we just had Lori Coral from Golden Fig on, and she said that the farmer's market is bustling. So maybe you're out going to the farmer's market. Yeah. Maybe you are... Maybe you found something interesting there, and you want to ask our opinion on what to do with it. I kind of love... The idea of going to the farmer's market and not really having a plan. I know a lot of people oh, go yeah. with like a plan. I just go and I'm like, I, I don't like know. to see what's there and yeah. what, what's exciting and interesting. I mean, she said she found some stuff that she's never seen before. So she wants to try that. And not every cook likes to experiment. Right. Like I get that. But just going and seeing what's fresh and, and new that week that wasn't there last week. I am going to tell you a new find that I did get the other day. And I went to the farmer's market in Minneapolis, which, by the way, just a reminder, it is open every single day. Seven days a week. Every day on Lindale. And so How I pop- are they open? They, I think they open at, I don't know. I know they only go till 1 p.m. 1 p.m., that's what I meant. So, so they yeah. open at like 7. They, yeah, they open at 6 early, or 7 yeah. to 1. And then they go till 1 p.m. Yeah. Um, and I got there at noon, I think. And I was thinking, well, I'll just, I, I had some stuff for a Fox 9 segment that I was doing. But I found, I kind of went with the idea of like, I don't know what I'm going to find. I'm hoping I'll find mm-hmm. some weird things. Uh, P.S. Quickly, there's shallots are, you know, in season right now. You can buy a bag of shallots for like two bucks. Oh, man. Where you go to the grocery store and it's like two bucks for, for two one. shallots. Yeah. You know, I'm, I have a whole I should have brought you some because I have more than I can actually cook with. Pickle them. Pickled shallots. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do that. You'll, you'll want to put I'm gonna, them on I'm going to need more jars, basically, at this point, and I'm going to need a Actually, bigger you fridge. you know what? You don't even need to, if you're doing quick refrigerated pickles, don't you have, like, some quart containers or Tupperware? You can just put them in that. Yeah, I do. I do have those. Those are on premium. That's easy. Um, 
Okay, so, but I found this thing. So I, I was walking around and I was looking for things that I didn't recognize because I wanted to sort of explore. I picked up this bunch of red, this leafy bunch, you know, kind of, you know, like you can get basil in bunches and everything mm-hmm. else. It was kind of this huge bunch. And I kind of said, I looked at the guy, the kid who was there, and I just said, what's this? And he just goes, mm-hmm. nah. I didn't know. <laughs> Well, and I was like, and I was smelling it, and I was like, "Is it?" I'm like, "It's not basil." And he's like, "Um, no. you can tell like his parent or somebody had stepped away." Yeah, so <laughs> I was just like, "You don't know," and he's like, "No," and I was like, "Oh, I'll get it," you know. So actually, I said, "Can I take a piece off?" And he's like, "Yeah." So I took a piece off and I bit into it, and it was it was sour in the best, coolest way. It wasn't bitter; it was sour. It was almost hmm. like a lime. So these are beautiful. Uh, maple leaf shaped leaves okay. with purple veining up yep. and through the leaf. And then they're kind of on a woody stalk. And so they're, it's like a bouquet almost of these gorgeous leaves. And they're very, they're kind of dense. It, it's almost like not rubbery, mm-hmm. but like, you know, how some leaves are delicate. But heavy. These, yeah. These are heavy, you know, more like a shard mm-hmm. sort of a thing. And so I, so since he didn't know, I went home and I played on the internet and I, I, it took me the longest time and I still don't know if it's necessarily right or not, but I believe that it is a red okra leaf. Oh. Yes. Well, the shape of the leaf would make sense. Yeah. And so red okra would grow from those stalks, which are yeah. kind of almost branchy-like. Yeah. So that kind of works out, too. But I got to tell you, I am sort of in love with this leaf. And it's got this like this sort of, like I said, limey tang. And so when I was mm-hmm. making my gin cocktails last night, mm-hmm. immediately I thought... I would I would absolutely make a bootleg out of this. Like Uh I would totally chop up that leaf, throw some mint with it, and that with some gin would be spectacular. Fun. So have you cooked anything else with it? No, I haven't done. I'm gonna cook some, throw it into so the woman so here's the best part. So I so I bought it from the kid and I walked over to the next stall and Uh I was buying some Thai eggplant and I looked at the girl and I'm like, Do you know what this is? Just go around. And I showed her the leaves and she's like, you know, I don't know. She's like, but I know that a lot of the African people buy this and put it in their stews. It's a good uh, souring thing for their stews. And that makes more sense with it being okra too. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. She's so a couple of years ago, NPR did a great article about how the Liberians, you know, we have Mm -hmm. a very large Liberian population in the um, Twin Cities and in the Midwest, upper Midwest here. And a lot of people from like North Dakota will drive down here to Minneapolis mm-hmm. for the Minneapolis for our, you know, for the farmers markets because the Hmong farmers are growing these bitter balls, bitter melons, things that they're used the to, okra, that they, can't, but they get can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And the Hmong farmers will grow them in enough quantities so that they can go back and then feed their community for the week. How about that? Isn't that interesting? I had no so idea. So we see those bitter balls, those little you know yeah. ones and the bitter melons. You see those giant quarts of them. And I always think, who, who, buys those? who can be using them for that much? But there is some great African torbergi. Do you know what that is? Torbergi? I don't know. Torbergi? I'm probably saying it wrong and I apologize. But you can look online. There's plenty of YouTube articles, uh, uh, videos about how to make this African stew. And it's basically like you you pulse your chilies with onions mm-hmm. and then you saute them, you know, in a food processor. You chop, sure. chop, chop. And then you cook those in and then you throw in the bitter balls and you kind of let those mellow out for a little while. Then you mash it all up and then you throw in um, and then they throw in a bunch of meat and uh, just kind of whatever and stew. Yeah. And then a little bit of chicken stock and stock and water and a stew. 
fun. I know. I kind of thought maybe I would take some of those shallots and maybe I would even take some of those chilies, mouse chilies, yep. and see what Just I could do with those, those together. bitter melons. Something else you might want to try with the red okra leaves. <clears throat> My voice keeps going. Sorry. With the red okra leaves is the um, groundnut stew, which is like a peanut stew. Oh, that's from, you know, yeah. Very Liberia. There was African. a whole Liberian thing about. And I love making that. I don't make it at home because my son is allergic to peanuts. But um, it is a it is a great, really rich, flavorful stew that I think that that bright uh, okra leaf that you're talking about would really kind of be nice with that. Yeah. I think that's a really heavy. good idea. Yeah. Well, there was I saw some of the peanut stew. Um, like throwing in natural peanut butter into the mix. And yep. I thought, that seems oh, yeah. like That's something easy. I've never done. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of a sound of, actually, our Facebook question of the day was, funny enough, was what would you, you know, what are you cooking today? Because it is so humid and, and kind of rainy and you're trapped inside. There was a great, I'm going to find her. It was, I think, it, well, Laura, by the way, is winning because she said she was, she had... <laughs> She had ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> that, um, which, that is winning. I know. Um, but let's see, who was it? It was... Um, okay, so Mary said she's making a peanut butter, tomato, and veggie bacon bits toasted sandwich for breakfast. My goodness. And I thought about that, and peanuts... The eldest. I know, but the peanut butter and tomato is what threw me, not the bacon bits, and even though it's veggie bits. But it's good. We're going to run through some of the other things that you guys are cooking today, so head over to the Facebook and answer that question, what are you cooking and we'll be right back. We're uh, The Weekly Dish. We have lots of great stuff coming up in hour two, so stay tuned. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. I get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm Stephanie March. I am here with Ms. Molly Herman from Kitchen in the Market today. Thank you for having me today. Such a fun day. Um, we are so happy that uh, you're joining us for the second hour of Weekly Dish. If you missed the first hour, you guys, you can always pop over to the podcast and listen whenever you feel like it. How about that? Whenever. It sounds like a delightful deal. I know. And very soon, there'll be additional fun content coming on the podcast so that there's even stuff that you can listen to during the week that's new. So it'll be fun. Uh, guess what time it is? It's time for Top 2 in Hour 2. Give me the old one, one, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents Top 2, Top 2. The Top 2. Pick your best two. In Hour 2. All right, give me two. Winning, 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 all right, this is the time of day or week when we uh, talk about the things that we are super obsessed with and things that we love the most. Um, I did just get a tweet from someone saying, yo, Debbie Downer, rain stopping by 1 p.m. Keep cooking this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like the rain. I like the I rain as an it. excuse so that I can maybe clean out my garage today and not feel like I should be at the beach. Right. So I'm actually pro rain. I'm just saying. It's good for the garden. It is, and it's great for the garden. I didn't have to water, so I'm in. And also, so that you can keep cooking. So, 
Uh, I just feel bad for the fests. I feel bad yeah. for the fests that are possibly gonna like not. And is get it as really gonna stop at one? Because when I looked this morning, it said all day. But yeah, I, I don't hope know. They're wrong. Who knows? Uh, okay, let's start with uh, some top two and number two. Let's why don't you start with your first one? <laughs> my first one that we just sampled, <laughs> which is a little terrifying. Oh my gosh! Well, so really, what I want to talk about is this great uh, little wine and liquor store that we have in my neighborhood called Cork Dork. Yes. And Love we are the very fortunate to have it in our neighborhood. Russell Faye is the owner, and um, he just has this amazing selection of wines that are all reasonably priced. I mean, you can get some expensive stuff there, but he does a really good job of great wines that are affordable. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they used to be in this little tiny spot on Cedar in the, where the old Carbonis was, and then they moved across the street where the new Carbonis is. Yeah. And it's just at the Parkway in Cedar. And they also have, like, full liquor now. Okay. And so I was just in there the other day buying a, a, a bottle of wine and I'm, I've already checked out at the register, but you know the, how they have all those, the stuff on the counter, the little last minute stuff for you to try to buy. Yep. And there was this one little handwritten sign that caught my eye and it said, Oh, for cute. Oh, for cute. <laughs> and I laughed. I'm like, what's Oh, for cute. And I look and it's this cocktail in a box. Yeah. And it's this tiny little box and it has a little bottle of booze, some organic booze. Cachaça. Oh, Cachaça. Uh, some organic agave syrup and like some grapefruit bitters. And you're just supposed to all mix it together and pour it over ice and you're done. What is the name? What is the brand of the Cachaça? Novo Fogo. Novo Fogo. I'll put a link up on the on the uh, web page. But it is organic Cachaça. Yep. And uh, anyway, we just mixed it up a little bit to have a taste. But we don't have ice and we think that that's... You know, it's a little hot. That's going to be necess- a hot. necessito. Uh, the cachaça is a Brazilian um, liqueur, or it it's is a spirit. rum's older cousin. Mm-hmm. And you find it's like mostly they- there's not as many cachaças on the market as you would think. There's not, and it's it's from Brazil, mm-hmm. um, and it has been around a long time. And but yeah, you can still find some. You can. I, there's, some, there's some. There's some Lebron. Have- there's a lot of cachaças that are you know the, because the main thing people make is the caipirinha. Correct. And so it's which has mint and cachaça yeah, and lime and it can and it can be so lovely but mm-hmm. it's also very potent. It is very potent. Well, people tend to think that they're just going to have those with their beef churrascos and uh right and they'll knock you on your whoo! butt. Uh so yes, it was just so so, so cute how much was and it that? was it was over cute. Um, you just remember had to ask me that. Did, oh, I want to say it was like six bucks. Oh, for I a mean, little cocktail in yeah. a box makes one drink. Yeah, it might have been less. It than It could that. make two drinks, really. I mean, like if you did like a little for, sure. for some ice, and or maybe put some club soda with it to soften it. Yeah, I liked it. That'd be good. Good. All right, so that was your first one. Yep. My first one is the fact that El Bruto Minneapolis. Oh, I'm excited. His opening this. this week at uh, the beautiful and. Um, at the, uh, it's opening in Minneapolis. On Chicago. On Chicago. And 48th in Chicago in the old Pepito's spot. And it's, um, it's definitely, you guys, it's going to be a gas. Here's what I want to say. To everybody who wants to look for Ladies Night, this is going to be your new spot. Because it's Ladies Night. Because I'm just telling you right now, they have um, beautiful, beautiful drinks. Uh, they have Frida Kahlo everywhere, and also Our Lady of Guadalupe is everywhere. Love it, and it's just a very it's there's just a really good lady vibe that's not pink and you know all the yeah. rest. It's just it's just a very strong woman strong vibe. Lady vibe. Yeah, and they've got some great cocktails. They've got a lot of great margaritas. They're all handshaken. They're using mezcal. They're Did doing. I see you post something about a like this giant margarita situation. Oh my god! What the worst that? part, you guys, is that my phone died before I could get. 
um, before I could get anything going. And so, I'm sorry. <laughs> the desk downstairs is calling me. Okay. Sonny, could you actually call the desk downstairs? I think our next guest is waiting there. Um, they keep calling my <laughs> cell phone and I can't answer. Anyway, so... Radio people. Radio times. Um the uh, the what I love about it is is that it's still family friendly. There's a lot of space up in the front that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of cool, um, but it's um, downstairs. It's, it's got the cantina and they've got a band area in the back, and they are going to be doing live music, live music, and, and they're going to do karaoke all and all sorts of stuff. <gasps> I'm sorry, you said karaoke. I know it's the magic so word. Anyway, that's going to be and and then plus the Mexican food is family Mexican food. You know, it's just really good home cooking recipes from uh, the Silva family. So I'm super excited because this is in my neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, so is it going to be just a like a restaurant and cantina situation or is it going to be a Mercado like the one in St. Paul? Like, they are they going to have goods for sale? They and- do have some goods for sale, but it's a small entryway where they have some um, interesting little things. They've got some tchotchkes. They've got some art. They've got some of those little fun things. Are and you going to be able to buy like their salsa yeah, and so like, they, things like that that they have? They will have a deli case in the front. Okay, so you can will. grab and go on tamales and salsas. That's going to be the killer Yeah, is the quick grab of those salsas because I'm telling you, their salsas are the best. Oh, I'm so excited. Congratulations. Congratulations, Melissa. I know, Melissa. And family. Okay, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is, believe it or not, I had never been to Matt's bar until yesterday. That's so weird. I know, but you know what I'm finding out is because once I admitted this, there's a lot of other people that have never been to Matt's bar. Well, I think that's true. I also think it's because people think like there's always a line. Which there's a lot. And you know what? There is. Because I tried to go on Thursday and I had two teenage boys with me and we were starving and the line was like 20 people long at 1230 on a Thursday. Yeah. So we left. I went back yesterday at 430 and there was still a line Mm -hmm. 20 people long. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, because I was by myself, I was able to get a bar seat, which you still have to wait in line for. You can't just sidle up to the bar. Um, It was good. But, you know, the whole Juicy Lucy debate on 5-8 Club and, and Matt's who who created it did it first yeah um but what i what i think the draw is is it's cheap that's not the only reason Come though on. i mean no i mean it's a, I mean, cute, it's a cheap cool dive all bar. over to town it's a cool dive bar but if you compare the five eight and matt's side by side matt's is a lot cheaper like their burgers start at like 350 375 and the five eight club starts at six six fifty Something like that. I hear you, but there's so much. It's like, to me, it's like comparing dogs and cats. So you've tried the 5-8 Juicy Lucy. And I've been on and TV trying the 5-8. Okay. Like, I'm, t- I'm talking to the right person here. I know I'm this. just saying. Like, so, this is and a you known... like the match Juicy Lucy better? Oh, God, yeah. hundred okay. million times. And I like... I'm not saying I don't like the 5-8 Club. Right. I do. But it's just the mats, the ratio, it's all about the golden ratio of meat to cheese. Okay. And the one from 5-8 Club to me gets a little too thick. Personally, it's to me, it's just a little so too thick. So you like the thinner patty and the more molten cheese yes. goodness. And the okay. whole concert of the fried onions, the, the, fried onions the griddled burger, and that bun situation, all of it together makes a magical moment. It opens a door to another universe. That's what's <laughs> happening there. And I, like I said, I and I am a. I, I like the blue door, blue sea. I like the nookie over at um, the nook at the nook. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they. Call I think it. that's what they call it. And other things. I'm, and I like the five eight burger too. I, I, you know, it's good. But uh-huh. it's just like if you're talking about the best and the ultimate, to me, it's Matt's. Okay, and, um, not, and I would pay like twelve bucks for that silly burger, right? And it's only seven fifty. I know that's what. I, anyway, yeah. So I went there for the first time. I've been now, but you did it with a with a bun too. 
I tried it with the bun. Because I, I was going to say, how do you do no, it without I the bun? I tried it with the bun because I knew I had to. And then I took the rest home for AJ to eat. Oh, really? Which they don't travel well. I mean, they don't. I mean, they were. it was still warm when I got home because it's right there in my hood. Yeah. So it's it just like it the cheese bad. must have leaked out, though. It did because yeah. I cut it open. I would say that when Chrissy Teigen was in town yes. and they were all like, get her bags of Matt's burgers. And they someone brought her a bag of I was like, that's not it's the not same. It's not going to be good. And she yeah. kind of was like, oh, it was fine. Yeah. No, I'm, it was tasty. I've I've you been have to now. Sit in mats. I've been. It is a cool place to go. Yeah, but you will wait in line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're, and it's cash only. Yeah, it is cash only. I mean, luckily enough. Uh, okay. Well, my second one today, you guys, is this chicken orange sausage that Ooh. I picked up. I know from uh, France Forty Four. I kind of want to go back to that on the fact that there, and you can get them. I think at the meat at both the St. Paul Meat Shop and at France Forty Four. Okay. Because they have both sides. But I'm just saying, this chicken sausage, all their sausages, they're a steal. The quality of the sausage and, uh, you know, the ingredients are so, they have so many great different things. They've got great merguez sausage, Ooh, lamb sausage. Yeah, I know. And they have um, they have basic hot dogs. You can buy two. And I'm just saying that I like, you can get a couple of them. You can get a whole bunch of it. You can get a pound. You can pick and match. I, I just did like a pick a mix, but the chicken orange one we cooked up last night and it was delicious. So is it like orange rind or is it orange juice or what? I don't Where's know. the orange? I actually forgot to ask, but it was. Can you taste the orange? Yes. You can absolutely taste the orange. Yep. Okay. But it was like uh, not a sweet orange. It wasn't like an orange candy. It was like, there was a lovely sort of citrusy and then it was sort of, you know, it has that the way that orange has sort of like almost like a bitter. Yeah. Like a sour. Mm-hmm. undertone that has a niceness to it mm-hmm. i just was happy with it okay. if you're looking for a good chicken that. sausage yeah. that's a good choice all right we're gonna take a quick break you guys when we come back hopefully we have john garland here and we're gonna be talking about the new beers at the state fair because oh my word there are There's 27 a lot of, them. of them we'll be right wow. back this is the weekly dish we're brought to you by red cow and red rabbit hey everybody welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us um Oh, we have John Garland here. John Garland of the Growler, who is one of my favorite beer buddies in town. Because, you know, we like to drink together. We do. And it's, it's epic. <laughs> we have a good time. We have had a good time in the past. Um, your guys' State Fair beer guide that you just published is, yeah. is kind of lovely. It's, it's a lot of work went into that. We put together a map and, yeah. and everything. It's, yeah. yeah. I love it. And I, I'm, um, you know, I mean, obviously my magazine will put out something. <laughs> Similar, but I'm just going to say I, I appreciate the quality and I know that you got it early, whatever. Um, <laughs> There's no bitterness there. There might have been an embargo that I was unaware of. That's fine. I'm only a little <laughs> bit jealous, but I can admit that. That's okay. But what I, so the funny thing is you and I had a chat. Yeah. What, when was that? Like January? It was a number of months ago. It, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, January, February. We were, we were already thinking about the state fair in because the middle of winter. This is what we do. You guys, I know you think I'm obsessed, but I am. So that's it. Well, you know what? It's a big deal to all of Minnesota. It is. And it's a big food and drink deal. So you have to think about it. Well, and recently in recent years, you guys all know this, it has blown up on the beer scene. I mean, when did, do you remember when they added the craft beer, when it started really it was so only like, i think they started adding craft beer around 2010 2011 say, and i think like right. the first novelty craft beer the Liftbridge mini donut i think that was 2013 right so it hasn't been that many years but since that beer came out it's been the zaniest beers that minnesota makes every single year in this fair i would say and maybe we i don't know how we if agree or disagree but that the 
beers are actually outshining the food. I think they lately have, yeah. And I think that maybe it's that food is going through. They, they've kind of figured out every iteration of, of putting chocolate and fried dough <laughs> on, to, on the things. Bacon has, you know, like you jumped the that, shark. They're going to come up with something new eventually. <laughs> yeah. They will. I but know. I think beers has a little more room to experiment. So there's, there have been some new things every year on the beer side that have been interesting and new and novel and fun. Yeah. And, yeah. So... The stunt, we call them stunt beers. We talk, yeah. call them gimmick beers. I don't know. I'm, you know, there's people who come down on, you know, both sides, and some people say, I don't want that. I just want beer. Well, there's beer there. There's you're, plenty, you're, of there's beer. plenty that beer. you can br- drink that is just plain beer. There is so much regular old beer at the fair, and we have it all on the map, too. There's a lot. Good, right? And then there's beer that's like, and then I think if there's only 12 days of crazy beers, I'm. I'm down for it. Yes, we so, have 353 days of regular beer in yes. a year. So let's have 12 days and go of nuts. insanity. Why can't we have that? Absolutely. Same, same thing with the foods now. They are talking about, you know, they're calming the foods down. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who has been in charge of calming the foods down actually is leaving after this year, I hear. So it might go. So we might get a, we'll we might get a ramp up again. I would, I'm sorry, 12 days, it should be kind of like All out. a carnival. Yeah, and context is key for drinking anyway. And when you're already at a gigantic carnival fair, why not go a little crazy with the beer? This is it. This so is I have it. a question. So these stunt beers that are at the state fair, yeah. are they available after the state fair at these breweries or do they just bring them in just for that period of time? Mostly they're just available at the state fair, okay. but sometimes breweries will brew more than they expect mm-hmm. or they'll, you know, they'll brew, you know, a big batch and reserve half of it for their tap room. It's it's really on a case by case basis. So really some of these you have to go to the state fair to taste them. A lot of them, yeah. They would like that. They would prefer like the state fair would prefer that they're state fair exclusive and then after that you can kind of do what you want with it. You know what I mean? But you can't really get it before for sure. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Like the Liftbridge Donut Beer, I think, is one that was <clears throat> exclusive to the state fair, but then I think they launched it yeah, in growlers and stuff. Yeah, and you can get it at the tap room limited, every now and again. Limited release kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But it is fun. Um, so here's the deal. So they just announced this last week that there are uh twenty seven new beverages because there's some wine and stuff in the mix yeah. there. Um, there's still no hard liquor. No hard liquor at the fair. At the fair yet. Officially. Yet. Yeah. And and nothing nothing we posted or described that isn't passed between hands. Let's say that. Yes. Um, but there is so the funny thing was, so John and I in January were hanging around at, in at Finnegan's yeah. and I was like, God, I can't believe like what do you think it's gonna be like this year? We were already starting to think. We kind of thought about what we were trying to kind of game what people would do. And then we were kind of thinking about things that we would like to see. Right. Did you, were your dreams and hopes met with this list I that think came out? Partially. Yeah. I think you were, there were some interesting things. Yeah. A lot of the new beers this year are relying heavily on citrus, which is a good That's thing right. for yes. the state fair when everything you're eating is fried and heavy Yes, and you need light, acidic, tart beers to cut through that. And a lot of these new beers are very limey. There's key lime pie. There's yeah. margarita style ale. Yeah. There's a lot of really bitter, sour beers happening. Have I think you, that's good. Did you try any of them yet? Not yet. Okay, so I tried the Freehouse one, the Limelight, okay. which has got a little tiny bit of agave in there to keep yeah. it like a little balanced, and then it's got some salt in it, which is really nice. That's good. That is kind of the whole idea of like a refreshing for a hot day. Mm-hmm. Same with the food. I was very pleased. I was glad that the caramel apple beer is gone. Yeah. That, that was not my favorite. I did have a sip of that last year. It yeah. was not a... That was not my favorite. Not a good sip. Yeah. But I love this Limelight. Like, I'm down for that. It sounds like a craft uh, Bud Light Lime. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I love that. I was like, it is an actual Bud Light Lime that works, you guys. Seriously. Yeah. A Liftbridge is doing a Key Lime Pie beer this year, yeah. which I think could be good as well. Yeah. If, as long as they put just a little bit of lactose and a little bit of lime flavor, I think that could be really good. Yeah. Okay, what are the ones that you're excited about? 
Uh, number one, the Ufta Ale from from uh, uh, Beaver Island in St. Cloud. I don't even know them. So they have been making really good beer. We've done a couple blind tastings at the Growler in the last few months, and Beaver Island has been scoring really well. They just make regular old ales, lagers. Just their, their brewing shops are on point. And this beer, it sounds a little gimmicky, yeah. but I think the the finished product is going to be right on point. I mean, it's, it's a regular old pills and wheat malt, uh, but it's got a little lefsa in the boil, so a what? little more starchy kind of flavor. And then lingonberries, which are not going mm. to make the beer sweet. It's not going to make the beer taste like berries. It'll add some tannin, definitely, and some color, too. So it'll be light purple and a little bit dry, regular old kind of pills and wheat kind of beer, and it's going to be served with a a lefsa chip and some lingonberries as well. So Ah! I think that beer could be amazing. And that's going to be at Giggles Campfire Grill, which is always, again, you guys, one of the top spots to go hang. (laughs) Without question. For the food and the beer. They always have something new and exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know what their new thing is this year. I can't remember. Oh, it's a turducken dog, isn't it? Aren't they doing the turducken dog? (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) That's what's going on. There you go. Which is actually perfect with this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. And I then you that. can, and when you're at Giggles, you can walk next door and watch the Timber Sports. It's a love, great place yeah. to hang it's out. It's a yep. good hang. Yep. I like to hit there later in the afternoons, mm-hmm. too. That's awesome. Okay, what else? Okay, uh, the Gaelic Dark and Stormy from oh, Surly. From Surly. I'm, Surly I'm, has like three or four new beers here. They do, but a couple of them are like regular old beers. Like the one they're brewing with Glenn Perkins, yep. the former Twins closer, just sounds like a regular old Surly IPA. Yeah. Uh, but this one, this Gaelic Dark and Stormy, I'm so surprised that nobody has tried to make this uh, cocktail flavor a beer before now because yeah, it makes right. all the sense. In the world. It totally some does. Spicy ginger, some uh, some acidic lime in their regular kind of uh, deeper golden ale. Uh, it sounds terrific. I bet that's going to be a straight down the middle, uh, great pale ale with uh, with just some nice some nice spice and citrus to it. Oh, I'm excited about that one. That one is at O'Gara's, you guys. So that's going to be up at O'Gara's. They have the. I'm just going to pair it with the food that they have, which is the Irish tater kegs. Yeah, which looks like giant tater tots. I don't right? know what makes this Gaelic, <laughs> by the way. I think it's just a dark and stormy. There's, there's, there's nothing Irish there's about nothing this beer Irish. at all, except for for the fact that it is beer and that's and that's, it's that's yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay wait but let's talk about this surly juicy lulu lucy yeah because i am a little bit i are you burnt out on the hazy ipas a little bit i i think i am too and i mean beer geeks specifically there's plenty of people who still don't know what they are right so this so, is where i think we have that meter like we have to kind of measure that yeah so the hazy ipa has been gaining steam for a couple of years now yep. it's it's turbid it's got a lot of uh, unflocculated sort of sediment in the beer and a yeah. lot of times they're hopped hopped so much with like the sit, most citrusy the juicy most. hops uh they're often called milkshake ipas because yeah. it tastes like you're of, drinking yep. orange juice with just a little bit of alcohol in them yeah it is uh i mean they can be very refreshing uh they they're not bitter at all so it it could get some you know some non-beer drinkers into beer it might be a good gateway style yeah uh, but if you're a hardcore kind of ipa person you like that bitter flavor there's uh not a ton to hang on to in this kind of beer no and it kind of leaves you flat if you're feeling that you it, know what i mean yeah it can there's yeah. no doubt about it but so i and the other side of it is the fact that they're calling it a juicy lulu lucy i get it like there's because the, it's Lulu's. at lulu's yeah. but there's just you evoke a burger when you say that and then you go to this grapefruity juicy thing and i'm just sort of i mean yeah for the common human who does not think of the juicy ipas right away they're gonna be like what yeah i was, feel like that's gonna be it's weird gonna be a burger beer it's it's not a burger so, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question about this blue barn strawberry mint frole yeah so it the description though doesn't say what kind of beer is that's exactly it? what i was wondering too okay, it just said okay. strawberry lemonade <laughs> and mint five percent alcohol and i don't know where the alcohol so I think right, is it just a malted beverage, beverage? it's yeah. a malt beverage okay yeah. okay yeah okay. that's, that's my understanding curious. is that because i asked the same thing and it's uh, there was a little bit of this that and the next but it's a malted beverage much like your 
uh, you know, like Mike's Hard Lemonade is a malted right. beverage. Right. And so that's kind of where I think this is a homegrown malted, like Mike's Hard Lemonade. And then they're freezing it. So it's like a frosé. A frolé. A frolé, if you will. Yes. Um, and there's also, well, as um, what are the what are the, uh, the wine? We have a couple other non-beer beverages coming. Yeah, there's a couple wine beverages, too. Yeah. There's um, there's a, there's an Edelweiss co- uh, wine, a cocktail. Yes. And uh, I, let's see, who's serving that one? I know, I can't remember. It's uh oh it's uh it's Cannon River Winery. Oh, it's at course. the Hideaway Speakeasy. There so it there is. it's uh, it's the Mobster Mule Bubble Treble. Yes, Edelweiss be- uh, Edelweiss wine, ginger beer and lime. So it's kind of yeah. like a dark and stormy with Edelweiss. I'm a little bit worried about that it's- just cuz Edelweiss is sweet. Guys, it's a 10% ABV. It's 10%. It's 10%, which makes this one of the bigger, boozier It's like options. a dessert wine is what it sounds like. Yeah. It is. And Edelweiss is usually very sweet. It's usually cloying. Floral, it's got, it's got yeah. some bubble in it. It's got some floralness to it. And so maybe you can balance that out with a little ginger, a little lime. But yeah, 10%. I know. I'm a little bit oh. surprised by that. So yeah, there's a lot of... Is there anything that you're the most freaked out about? Yes, the Ouzo beer. I am freaked <laughs> out at the possibility of this beer. Yeah, uh, it's I was called wondering the Bruzo Lager. It's, uh, it's going to be served at Dino's Euro, so they're going for the Greek thing. I get that. Uh, but it's described as a pills infused with licorice with a sugar spice rim. And there are two ways that this could go huh. wrong. The first is the licorice. Because they're not just dumping, you know, grocery store licorice into the boil. What they're more likely using is brewer's licorice. Wait, who is brewing it, though? Uh, uh, Lake Monster. Oh, it is Lake Monster. Okay. Yes. And they make great beers. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, they do oh. a good job. But the, the concept for this one, if they're using brewer's licorice, that is some intense stuff. It's, it's stuff that you have to handle with gloves and God help you if you eat it. Oh, like, yeah. It is the most intensely concentrated licorice of all time. So they could overdo it so really maybe it's, easily. Maybe it's a light touch. Maybe. Light touch on the licorice. Uh, but then the other thing is the is the salted, or no, sorry, Sugar. sugared spiced rim. Can we, I'm going to go on record you again like, and like say, the- no, stop with the sugared rims. Stop with the rims. I don't need my beer and stickiness, and it gets hot, and it often falls, and then it gets your hands sticky. It's a bad situation. And also, if you're planning on the garnish, the rim of a beer to complete the flavor profile of your beer, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah, right. I mean, halfway, halfway through the fair, done. when the when the lines are getting long, and someone had just started working the booth that morning, and they got put on the the rim station, and they they're trying to put the put the rims on all the glasses to meet with demand, and sometimes it sticks, and sometimes it doesn't, and it's just it doesn't work. About halfway through the fair the garnish the garnishes go off the rails yeah no it's not good it's not good all right guy well we are gonna have to wrap it up but i gotta tell you is there anything else that you want to call out as either really great or really scary i'm uh, i'm always scared when i hear pastry beers coming down the line yeah. any any beers that are brewed that are meant to mimic a pastry oh, like is also yeah. is also a problem situation yeah because beer is usually should not be sweet and pastries are sweet so either you brew an oversweet beer yeah. that's not that refreshing or you brew a dry beer that doesn't taste like the thing you've named it after so right, right. any funnel cake deep fried cake beer situation is is uh, concerning. Is there any of the stunt beers that are coming back? Because there are a number that are will be there again. Yeah. Is there are there any of those that were like among your favorite besides the mini donut beer? Uh, I've always liked Excelsior S'more beer that they serve yeah. at Giggles. I think that's, that's solid, too. nice, roasty beer. I'd like them to toast the marshmallow to complete the s'more illusion. Yes. But otherwise, I think it's a good beer. Also, I love the frozen grain belt. I mean, the yeah, blueberry the blue? grain belt is always good. It was really good. It's super refreshing. It's I liked fun. It. I'm all about that. I at think the gr- I liked the Tejas beer garita too maybe i don't mm. remember i feel like i did but again that was like 
That was a lot in. Also, Sweetland Orchard ciders are great, and they're bringing back their Minnesota Mule cider this yeah, year. Yeah, that that's a good one. Very refreshing. Very refreshing. All right. Well, all of these, all of this is listed, and there's a big handy map at the Growler if you want to weigh in. They've got them listed by breweries. And they've got they've got a great way of uh, organizing, and uh, it should be a good day. And if you are, you, do you guys have a stand out there? Or are you? We have the Beer Dabbler has a booth in the grandstand that's that we'll be thought. selling our beer merch, and the Growler team will be out there in the first couple of days uh, reporting back on all the best beers for okay. you. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, John Garland. If you see him out there, make sure that you give him a high five and maybe buy him a beer because he kind of <laughs> needs it. Please all do. Right. All right. Thanks. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. We uh, That was really some interesting beer intel from John Garland with the Growlers. I love, and I love that they are, you know, they're a craft beer publication. You can find them at breweries. Um, they're free. You can just pick them up. And uh, it's kind of a nice little, it's a nice little, if you're sitting at a brewery, it's a nice thing to page through. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, so let's talk about road trips. Because you are about to partake in I'm about a series. I leave tomorrow morning. Do you really? Tomorrow morning. Are you right all packed? Uh, nope. And I have to teach a class tonight, so I'll be packing as soon as I get off here. <laughs> but you're car tripping, right? We're car tripping, so, so it doesn't have to be, you know, like... Right. One of my friends and I... cars are there. Yeah. Clothes in the car. The best part is, is that you can overpack. Right. Which and it doesn't matter. be the situation, although that's more Keith's... Jam than mine. He he is an overpacker. Oh really? He's a chronic overpacker. I'm a chronic underpacker when we are flying because I always think, oh, this will be fine, and then I get somewhere and I'm like, oh, I don't have this. I don't have this. I should have brought this. Yeah. Well, and we're also staying in an Airbnb when we're in Chicago, so we we will be able to wash clothes. And anyway, we're, yeah, we're, we're getting into minutia. The the important part of this is that we're going on a road trip. Yep. And, and you're going to Chicago. We're going to St. Louis. Oh, okay. And Chicago. So. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> so we're not from this region. Like, we didn't grow up here. Right. right. So we've never seen the St. Louis Arch. Uh, we've never really done Chicago at all. Like, Really? Yeah. I, I mean, Keith's had some work trips there. I went once, probably 13 years ago, with Jen Wolf. Oh, wow. I don't really remember much about it. <laughs> no, right? It was, like a, it was like a girls weekend thing. So we're going to do Chicago. So we've got Hamilton tickets. We've got... Cubs tickets. We're going to do some museums. Of course, I have a whole list of restaurants that I want to go to. Yes. But but I have, you know, boys that may not be as interested in food as I am. What is your top? Uh, what is your what are your top restaurants in Chicago that you want to try? Well, the list is too long for me to go over. But there's no there's no priorities like there's like places that you could for sure. You know, yes. I mean, like there's stuff that like if I was going to go and I was you and Keith and AJ, I would say like Girl and the Goat would be. A yes. So pick. Girl and the Goat is on there. Ocheval. Small Cheval is there's actually a small Cheval in the neighborhood we're staying at, which oh. might be the best way to get in. Yeah, to try that burger situation. Yep. Uh, I'd like to go to Fat Rice. Yeah, that would so be a good option. Are, yeah, Publican might be fun too. Right. Yeah. Right. That. Down. All right. Red Star. Uh, what I really want to know. Yeah. Is best deep dish because I've, I've been getting a lot of well a lot of different uh, nominees for this, and I'm surprised because a lot of them are chains. Well, yeah, that's because they're so good that they then grow I guess so. up I guess into so. popularity. That's why. I know. Somebody I mean, told me that their favorite is still uh, Pizzeria Uno. Yeah. And, because, and well, that's like, where it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So if you think about it that way, if it's since it started there, that is. But there's other places. Ground I mean, and, and you guys, 651-641-1071. If you want to call in and tell Malls where her your best deep dish from the Chicago area or is. Or any jokes you might want to. I'm supposed to have 10 jokes for the road trip. So You need 10 jokes? Yeah, just bring them on. 
I'm oh. terrible at remembering jokes. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, can I not have us all have people call in with jokes? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can send them to you on the Twitters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Twitters. Woo, or, that's kind of fun. I don't know. So here's the, you know, there's like, there's like, I mean, the deep dish restaurants are big. Um, Condé Nast did a thing and they did the best 13. And those are ones that are like, you know, um, it's a Roman style deep dish, it says, you know, which is a Roman style pizza. Oh, this is this is best pizza places. So right, beyond not just deep, deep dish. dish. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I missed that up. But is it Pequods or Pequods? Um it's not deep dish, but it is sort of like it's a denser, thicker pizza. It's a high-sided pan pizza is what it is. But if you're going to Chicago, don't you think you have to have deep dish? I guess, but it's kind of also that whole thing where you go to San Francisco and you eat chowder on the wharf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what you're getting. Maybe yeah. you take, maybe you then say, well, what's that next level up? And so then you look at some of the other pizza places that maybe started, took the deep dish thing and, and then kind of went different. Boop. I don't know. That sounds mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, we do have some people who are calling in, which is good for you. Oh, okay. um, I would say that there's Mal- Lou Malnati's. Everyone says that Lou Malnati's is the standard bear. Is that something you've heard? Yes. Okay. So it's originally founded in 1971. It's got 50 local shops, but it is still, you know, consistently thought of as the best. Okay. Um, you know, they've got the greatest crust. I remember that one from when I was, you know, in my heyday drinking around Chicago with right. post-college pals. Well, and I am i don't know that we're going to get there, but there's a new uh, Stephanie Izzard restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Bao Bing. Oh, Bao Bing. It's, yes, it's Taiwanese street food. So I have that on my list, and I don't okay. know that we'll get there. So, you know, with my family, AJ has food allergies, Keith's vegetarian. You know, we've got to meet in the middle sometimes. Yeah, right. Um there is Bonsi. Uh, Have you heard of Bonsi or is it Bonchi? Bon- B-O-N-C-I. I think it's Bonchi. Bonchi. That looks like a good place. Uh, Luisa's Pizza and Pasta looks really great. Um, it's got a Midwestern Supper Club feel. That might be kind of fun. Um, I mean, Giordano's is a place that people love. You can get it here. Sure. So I would say skip it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, kind of a thing. Okay. Um, just because I see their lines. Up. Uh, I would say that there's, um, I mean, obviously Pizzeria Uno, obviously Giordano's, obviously Lou Malati's, but and some of this might depend on where we are for that day, right? Like yeah. if we wind up seeing Pizzeria Uno and we're right there at that museum that's next to it, then yes, that makes sense. So, okay, let's hear what Pam has to say. Pam, what's your suggestion? Hey, Pam, are you there? I am. What's your deep dish suggestion for malls? This might depend on where we are for that day, right? Pam. Hi, hello, Hi. 1071. Yes, yes, this is Stefan Molly on the air. Hi. What's oh, your wow. what's your suggestion? Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> the reason I'm calling is I have a jar of salsa con queso medium tostitos uh, made with real cheese, and the jar actually says it's awesome. And I have to pretend like I made something special for National Night Out on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> and you want to use the the queso? That's right. Hmm. Can I just say there's no one is I don't know maybe your friends will buy that you made that but that kind of cheese always tastes like it's from a jar, a jar or a can. I Which, would say if there's a great there's a couple great queso recipes that you can just quickly whip together that might be easier than that. Okay. If, if you're set on using this, so let me let me find out what your national night situation is like do you guys bring out a grill do you or is it just like a potluck it's a taco bar oh okay so taco bar yes 
Okay. And, and she said, what are you bringing? And I said, hmm. And I saw the jar in my cabinet, and I said, oh, I'm bringing salsa con queso. Oh, okay. You, so the best, right the best way to do this awesome. is if you're not going to make a queso, I would, and you want to pass this off as your own, put it in a crock pot. Yeah. And then oh. put some chips. Con carne. Or, yeah. I would go and, con carne and put with some, it. Put some ground beef in it. and Like do some chorizo. ground beef in taco sauce, taco seasoning. And then... Or just chorizo. Chorizo yeah. would be great. You don't even have to season it. Right. And then I would cook that up and then I would add that to the queso so that it gives it a little bit more oomph okay. than just that plasticky cheese flavor. Yeah. That's fantastic. I knew you guys would make me look good. <laughs> well, look at that. Our job here is done. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pam. All right, we have Rachel on the line also. Hey, Rachel, are you there? Yes. Okay, do you have a suggestion for Molly? Yes. I lived in Chicago for a couple years um, during graduate school, and I would say Gino's East okay. is my Gino's favorite East. pizza. Yeah. Okay. And I would say the Taylor Street location because that's Little Italy. Oh, And good it's more point. fun that way. Taylor Street, Taylor Taylor Street location. Gino's East is one, you're right, I'd forgotten about that. That's a big one. Uh, and I'm you writing, get to I'm write on the walls down. with marker. Oh, you can. What's that? You yeah, can draw on the walls. walls. Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, cool. Rachel. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. We also have David has a suggestion. David, are you there? I am. Okay. What's your and suggestion? I, I just got on and I just heard her say the same thing I was oh. going to say as Gino Z. Oh, good. Oh, well, though. good. Two recommendations. That's, That's a awesome. Okay. Gino Z said this. since I've been there, but it was delicious years ago. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you, David. So appreciate it. All right. I love it. These are all good things for you to consider. Yes. I Thank you so much, you guys. Okay. We are going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we are going to wrap it up with a moral of the story and also potentially maybe hit you up with a couple more Chicago places because I have some thoughts that yeah. I didn't get to. All awesome. right. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us all day today. It's been a fun day. Uh, we've had a lot of good information, some state fair previews. I'm going to say it again. Beer. August 7th. Is at 4.30 p.m. is your last chance to register for the Creative Activities Building. I want to see some blue ribbons, dishers. I want I want some photos. Get ready, Jake. Get ready, Jake. Jake, you're entering <laughs> the space. Whether you want to or not. Right. Just saying. Uh, I've really enjoyed the stuff going on in the Facebook uh, today question, you guys, which was, of course, it's a, kind of a rainy and humid day. What are you cooking? And there have been so many great... Responses from banana pancakes and banana chocolate chip muffins to penne pasta salad with a marinated black eye pea salad from mm-hmm. Susan. I, la- I got to say Lady Kin, Catherine, pancetta, white bean, and Swiss chard pot pies. Oh, that sounds delicious. That when, when can we come over? made me so hungry right now. Uh, Chef Scott Pampu chimed in, said he's making prime rib and popovers. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. We've got crockpot chicken tacos and family game day planned. There's uh, a lot of barbecue pulled chicken in the Instant Pot. Some good stuff like that. Shannon is uh, complete with Italian music in the background. She's making pasta. Nice. I love this. All it's of a this. Good, it's a good cooking day when it's rainy like this. I know. I Smire is braising a pork shoulder. And here's the one that kills me. John Whitfley is making some beef ribs. Yeah, I and saw I that picture and it looks delicious. Go over wherever he is. This is another one. Uh, Jolyn is doing pozzole in the crock pot. And Nancy asked, do you start with how many grits or do you open a can? I love pozole, but I don't want to use canned goods. So do you Ooh. usually, have you ever done pozole? Uh, I have. And I use the canned hominy, honestly, because it cooks faster. Oh. I, I mean, the the dried hominy, it just takes a while. It just takes a little while. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. So not grits, but the, the actual hominy. Hominy, like the, which is a, is a. They're, they're related, but it's the, it's the balls, not yeah. the, not the grit. I wonder what part. the difference is. 
We don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. We're, yeah, we're uh, but, I, but I also have another question. So John Whipley is uh, doing the beef ribs. When does Animales, is it Animales barbecue? How are we saying this? I don't know. We're going to have to have a discussion with him. Right. He's going to have to come on the John. air and tell us, have to are tell we us going Animales it. or is it Animale or is it yeah, Animals? I, I don't know. But it's the barbecue truck trailer that he is debuting next to Abel Brewing on the 15th. 15th. Okay. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I know. So it's, and he was, we had oysters there on Sunday. I saw that. Yeah. And he had a big oyster roast and there's a there's a big tradition in the south to do oyster roasts mm-hmm. aren't there mm-hmm. i mean and this is just you sit it on a flat top grill or a grill covered with a wet burlap sack so they sort of steam, steam. Oof. but it gets that woodiness yeah. smokiness to it still and it was just you know we had a friend who was there he was sort of a little bit of gas he wasn't used to eating hot oysters oh and he was sort of like oh i'm not used to this i'm like well it's not like it's hot as in you know, like bad, like it's not sitting in the sun, you right. know, but there is a difference between like a, He's I know, a, but like Oster's, but they're not cooked because they're not, they're still sort of raw yeah. consistency, but they're hot, but they're warm. I hear yeah. you. I'm with okay. you. It's yeah, a, it could take us a little getting used up to. Up north here, we have to get our whole oyster thing to really roll. That's fine. Don't you think? That's fair. Um, you had a question though about, or no, let's tell, we wanted to continue on quickly about some of the road trip snacks. Yeah. So like, you know, Keith, my husband, makes fun of AJ and I all the yeah. time because we have very specific snacks that we want on a road trip. And I was just wondering, I know you have some opinions on this, but we are salt and vinegar potato chips. Yep. And Rolos. Yes. And we don't eat Rolos. Wait, are you saying you eat them together? Yes. Oh, gross. That's <laughs> not gross. <laughs> I mean, we don't like put them, smash them together, but we're like, that's it's what like I'm the, asking. It's like the sweet and salty and you just like alternate. You alternate. We okay. alternate. We alternate. Okay. We're not making like a, you made like, uh, no, we're not making like a chip sandwich with a Rolo filling. That, no, 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 no. I mean, I could see I mean, it. Could. I could. Again, I could the see sweet, it. salty, yeah. vinegary, but, uh, but we, is this we, all? We don't, we don't eat Rolos any other time. Except I eat Rolos at Christmas. On a road trip. I only eat Rolos at Christmas. Okay. So. That's, huh. I know those are the stocking stuffers, and I eat them, Funny. bags of them. Okay, so what's your... But wait a minute, is this all three of you have the same road trip snack need? No, Keith is a paragon of virtue and does not partake. At all. He could care less does about Does he pack cucumbers snacks. and make me want to punch sure him? I'm like Cliff Bars and... No, like Keith. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Live a little. Come on, Keith. Uh, no, AJ and I like the same road trips. Okay, so you're on. You're yes. on target. Yes, because for you know we you know we used to travel when we did travel and we were a pack of five or six. It was like <laughs> everybody had their own <laughs> needs to fill. And now, of course, my road trip companion is mostly Jake, and so we and I am definitely a combos girl. Like, yes, you love your combos. I love, Pizza combos or nacho cheese? You know, I like to vary it up. I've been doing the okay. buffalo wing combos lately. Oh, I didn't even know those existed. Yeah. And I just, it's it's something about the combos and it has to be, I can't, I would never buy them if I wasn't in a car driving for right. a long Same thing. thing with Rolos for us. Yeah. But I mean, you know, other kids in my house would have chosen a Pringles situation. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Jake tends to go for... Uh, uh, God, what does he? He had a Funyuns phase for a little while. Oh, that's good in the car. I know, right? <laughs> and then when we were in Wisconsin and coming back and he picked up like cheese curds and sausage sticks. <laughs> so that I was, can get behind that. Yeah, that was, he's a very protein driven child. Yeah, so I can get behind that. That was definitely his need of protein. Okay. He achieves it every day. Um, but there was, I think that there's something about the gas station. It's a treat. It's a vacation moment. Yes. It's like the state fair, right? It's not like you're going to eat like that all the time. Right. You're just going to quickly 
dive in. Now, I will say that the last time we went on a road trip, we could not find salt and vinegar potato chips at any gas station that we stopped at. And it was annoying. We could find dill pickle. Yeah, I was going to tell you that I thought that salt salt and vinegar. I was going to say that your salt and vinegar thing is a little elite. Which is why I've already purchased two bags at the grocery store and they will be packed in the car tomorrow. But doesn't a dill pickle sort of substitute? No, it's It's kind of close, though. It's not the same. It still has that like vinegary thing. Yeah. It's just a little bit too... I, we want it, yeah. We want it to be a little brighter, sharper. Yeah, sharp, yeah. You sharper. would have to. I, the salt and vinegar thing is not common. So we have the salt and vinegar potato chips already, but we will buy the Rolos at a gas station okay. because that's that's the tradition. Do you have a beverage situation that you need to road trip with? Uh, we're sort of a sparkling water. Oh, kind of. You don't go sugary. Thing. No, the Rolos are sugar, man. Uh <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of mouth flavor going on already. I so think we're just gonna keep it neutral. Yeah, I will say I understand and tea. that. I'm part. a tea gal, so. Are you really? Yeah. Um, So just let you know some stuff that's going on uh, to let you guys, (coughs) excuse me, to wrap it up, to kind of give you some plans for today. Um, There are lots of things happening in terms of it's Crayfest today. You can still get, you can walk up and get tickets for the Crayfest on North Loop, which is just, you guys, a lot of Smack Shack. Yeah, Smack Shack's Crayfest. You can absolutely show up. It's 60 bucks at the door if you want to do all you can eat stuff. And that includes burgers and brats and boil, um, or it's and it's also it's also all you can drink. So I think that the sixty dollar ticket is worth it if you're going to camp out and hang out for the day. Now, last year they had live music. They have it this they year have too? a ton of live music, and so that is a thirty dollars if you want to just get in, listen to live music, and eat some stuff as you pay as you go. Also, just want to let you know that tonight the Little Mekong Night Market is happening over um, on University as well in a parking lot. So Beautiful. there you go. We gotta wrap it up. Thanks there, for all the Chicago tips. There it goes, everybody. Thanks for the sh- for the tips, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk at you later. Ciao, ciao.